0: Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings, and Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different.
1: It's ESPN, Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 14. Heart of the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green is no longer in existence. We are the sportsocracy. Is that now, the first time you've done that? That's the first time I've done that all the way through since the rebranding on Monday. We are now the sportsocracy. And, of course, we are in the Ingalls studio every afternoon here 3 to 5. First hour of the program brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. Don't forget to get your tickets today for the Asheville Championship. We've got the, uh, the the two day November 12th, November 14th tournament coming up at the Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville. You can get your tickets at Ingalls Supermarkets. Today, speaking of today, today was a very special day in the life of Jeremy Green oh. as he got reunited. If you have not and, seen and the it, video yet, it
2: feels so good. If you haven't seen it, it'll play automatically after the uh, YouTube stream today. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. reunited with my old buddy, the McRib. Yeah. When... that's ju- You know what? And, and I've heard all these people tell me other fast food rib sandwiches are better. We're going to put that to the test. Mm-hmm. Have no fear. I'll try the others. Mm-hmm. I know how it's going to go. I mean, you should. I mean, I know exactly how it's going to go. You should know how that's going to go. Nothing can live up to sure. the lofty expectation that the McRib has, uh, has thrown out there. Oh, <laughs> God. It's, it's fine. It's, you, know, I mean, you can try uh-huh. to perfect perfection all uh-huh. you want to, but uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. now we had it. We had we we had one. We had our first of the uh, of the new run of the McRib sandwiches, and
2: yeah, it's 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 good. It's good. Uh, I
1: don't it's like fine. your derision.
2: It's good. it's good. It's it's okay. No, it's. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Somehow I missed out on the onions. On my sandwich, so yeah, it's because they knew you I mean, were you were not a believer they right they knew, they knew they knew that the one that ordered the extra pickles uh he's the one that really loves the McRib. this other guy ah. he,
2: he well they see extra pickles and they go, that guy knows what he's doing. he's a connoisseur. <laughs> this is not his first trip around the sun
1: <laughs>
2: no it's it's fine it's fine,
1: fine. It's, it's, it's okay oh it's, okay.
2: it's just okay now, anyway, I'll be honest with you, that might be what I ate for dinner too.
1: I'm sure I, see, really. I see a path. I'm sure it will be. I can hear you getting fatter.
2: <laughs> Who wants to tell him? <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome into the program here on ESPN, Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Yes, we are streaming as well live on YouTube. So check us out, youtube.com slash thesportsocracy. Everybody welcome into the comment section. Anything you want to uh, hear talked about, just... uh. Just leave us a note there in the chat, and uh, we will uh, we will work it into the schedule here. We want to talk some college football. We got big problems down in Clemson. We also will give you the update on the Deshaun Watson. Is there
2: going to be a trade before November the second? Oh, there's a deal in place. I know. There's just a well, there's there's kind of a hang up with one of the stipulations. No, we'll we'll talk about that. No.
1: A uh, hang up with Deshaun Watson being traded somewhere? Shocker of all shockers! In the four o'clock hour, we will have your uh, your chew on that segment with Caleb uh, Peak. Also, we'll talk some baseball as a good friend of mine, Mark Limkey, is going to be joining us in the four o'clock hour. Of course, former Atlanta Brave. And Boston Red Sox for a year, uh, but he was a uh, champion, a World Series champion with the Atlanta Braves back in 1996. His name has been uh, has been in all of the papers today as the Atlanta Braves have uh, have Jorge Soler on this uh, hitting streak in the playoffs, and he's third all time behind Mr. Mark and for the longest hitting streak in Braves history in the postseason. So yeah, Limmer's gonna join us later on in the program to talk some baseball since Jeremy absolutely refuses. Well it's not the refuses, it's so. just it would be a very one sided conversation. <laughs> uh and one one of these days maybe we'll have some we'll have some hockey on there as well. Not, I got this why. big eye roll from him this morning when I was wearing
2: my Seattle Kraken Hooded sweatshirt. You do strike me as somebody that would wear a mythical creature on your uh, well, on your fine. sweatshirt, and that's fine. You strike me as one of those people.
1: Now, what does that mean? You you've said
2: that like eight times today. Yeah. And- and I and I, and I just uh, I just don't know what it means. It's kind of like that old rule of if you can't point out the drunk guy in a bar, you probably are the drunk guy in a bar. Okay, uh, it's yeah, kind of if, like that. If, if you, you can't, don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. hey, you probably fall into that category. Okay,
1: all right. I I mean I, mean, I will uh, I will wear that uh, I will wear that badge proudly. So anyhow, let's get into this college football business. What is going on down in Death Valley with the Clemson Tigers? They
2: are not good. Their offense is terrible. They have no playmakers. I mean, Justin Ross, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You have nothing else. And now the question that, that we wanted to pose today is, is this something that Dabo's going to be able to fix? Or is this kind of what happens? Is this kind of how college football rolls? Mm-hmm. Do you realize, and, and I didn't really, until I did the the, the, the background on this Story, do you realize just how good of a run this has actually been for Clemson? I mean, it's been pretty good. They've been in the playoff, what, five out of seven years or something like that? Well, they've had ten wins ten years in a row. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many times they've done that in program history before that? I would say once, maybe. Seven. Seven. Seven since 1902. You've done it ten years in a row. Oh, that they had 10 wins. They had 10 wins seven times. Yes. Okay. They've done it 10 years in a row, and now, before that, they had done it seven times overall.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: you' done it 10 times in a row. Yeah. And Clemson fans seems to be, seem to be losing their, their edge about this. Oh, we're Clemson. We expect greatness. We can't. We can't possibly just go eight and what was that? Eight and five? Yeah. We, we can't do that.
1: We're Clemson. Oh, no, you absolutely can. You would have been screaming for eight and five back in the Tommy Bowden days. Oh, a hundred percent! You would. Have. It's it, it's wild to me how fan bases forget that.
2: You just uh, demand some fan greatness. Bases forget that. There are a lot of mm-hmm. fan bases. We've already been through this.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I went back five years. That, that was the, the the first Clemson national title year. The, AP, the final AP Top 25. You care to take a stab at anybody that was in the Top 5? With Clemson? Would have been Ohio State? Nope. They were six. Alabama? They were the one that Clemson beat. Name mm. the other three. I don't know. LSU? Nope. They were 13. The other I mean, three were Oklahoma. Okay. That one makes sense. Washington and USC. <laughs> okay. That is, this is the way college football works. I feel like Clemson felt like they had just slid into that Ohio State-Alabama role. Yeah. No, you haven't. You're very much more LSU than you are Alabama. Because Alabama has one thing that you don't have. Okay. The greatest coach in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. The only reason Ohio State has been impervious to this is because who in their conference is going to beat them? There are schools in the ACC that could be good in football. Is it going to happen year in and year out? No. Florida State. Florida State had to go through this five years ago. Mm -hmm. You had to figure out, hey, you're not quite the destination that you used to be.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Because it used to be you recruited very close to home. Now it doesn't matter. Alabama's recruiting L.A. and USC is recruiting Florida. Mm -hmm. None of that matters. Your location now means virtually nothing. Unless you're Nebraska. Right. Because no 18-year-old kid wants to go
1: hang out in the cornfields. But you don't think, are are you saying that Clemson is not in
2: the class of Alabama and Ohio State? I'm saying that's a class of two. And there's a third that can hang out there, but they can never really get into that class. Okay. Alabama and Ohio State have two great big advantages that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to. Mm -hmm. And secret time, I hate to break this to Alabama, when Nick Saban leaves, you're going to fall right in line with everybody else. Because there are so many programs in the SEC that compete at a high level, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you can't hit every year. There's a reason we don't talk about recruiting on this show.
1: Because it's
2: boring. It's not because it's boring. It's actually (laughs) it's it's quite interesting. The problem is that your hit rate is going to be better. You're going to be right at meteorological hit rate. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: About 35 percent of the time, you're right, Mm -hmm. and that's the problem that Clemson's had this year. Yeah, DJ Uyangalele, he was a Heisman Trophy candidate, right? Right. Do you realize how many preseason Heisman Trophy candidates are now completely irrelevant? Two of them have been benched. That's of the top six. Mm -hmm. Another one almost got benched. And now he's arguably one or two in line. It's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. This year's field is so bad that a kid that didn't start a game until last week is considered a top five candidate. That's dumb to me, but.
1: Caleb Williams yeah. at Oklahoma,
2: and, and and sadly enough, I can't tell you you're wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. No, you're you're wrong. I mean,
2: two games in, and you're ready to put him in the Heisman race. I would I'd say there's no less. If you told me how many kids actually got invited to the ceremony, and that depends on how the voting goes, and this year I would I would say this is a five, probably five kids make it to the Heisman ceremony. Okay. They're gonna do two, which I find highly unlikely. Right. But it's just the parity in the sport. If I asked 10 people that really knew this sport, hey, give me your top five right now. How many different teams do you think would be in it?
1: Oh, I would imagine there'd be
2: seven. Ten. I'd go, it's no less than ten. Really? I could make a case for three different teams in the Big Ten. Between
1: Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio Ohio State? Okay.
2: Oklahoma's the only representative out of the Big 12, and Oregon's the only one out of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I could make an argument for a series of different SEC teams. There's two. There this two This should be in the top David. five. Yeah. Depends on how much better you think the SEC is. For me, it's leaps and bounds.
1: Mm-hmm. I think for everybody it should be, but there's some people that believe the Big Ten football rules. Yeah, they're wrong. Oh, I know they're wrong. But there's still that belief out there because they have, what, six in the top,
2: eleven,
3: mm-hmm.
2: in the top twenty-five. They don't anymore. Mm-hmm. They've started eating each other, right? Which is what which is going to continue every single right. year. Which
1: is going to continue as the season stretches on. I don't know this thought that look, Clemson's having a tough year. I get it. The offense is not good. You lost a lot last year with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. You had high hopes that Justin Ross coming back and DJ Uiangalele, who threw for 400 yards against Notre Dame last year, was going to be that guy week in and week out. Guess what? He's not. You lost some talent on your offensive line. How many guys on the defensive side of the ball? Though the defensive side of the ball is not really the big problem for Clemson.
2: No, but this week it could be problem. it could be a problem. You're missing two of your starting de- de- interior linemen this week yeah. against a team that runs really, really well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, who's that team again? Who
1: are they playing? Florida, Florida State?
2: State. I don't. Have, I can't find my bell. <laughs> I got too many things happening over here.
1: <laughs> Did you lose, So you lost your cough drops this morning. Now you've lost the bell. I found Why don't those. you check the place where you found the uh, found the cough drops, maybe that's where the bell is.
2: That could be. Oh, there's my bell.
1: I found it. <laughs> Good for you. Clemson's having a down year. I don't know that I'm ready. I don't know that anybody should be ready to take them out of that hierarchy. I mean, 10 years and 10 wins a season. That To me, that puts you in the category. You said Alabama's got a great advantage over them. they got the greatest coach in college football. Okay, yeah. Nick Saban, greatest, co- greatest coach in college football history. Uh I mean, how far behind is Dabo Swinney?
2: Uh, quite a ways. Yeah, but he's next on the list, ain't he? Of uh, of in college football right now? Yeah, I would say no. Who would be number two? To Lincoln you? Lincoln Riley.
1: Hmm. Okay. I mean, he's he's up there, but I I would put Dabo at two. Well,
2: here's the thing: uh, Dabo Sweeney is much closer to Lincoln Riley than he is to Nick Saban. Yes. No
1: question. And Kirby Smart's in that discussion as well.
2: For posterity's sake,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I already gave you five years ago. Here's what it looked like ten years ago. This is your final AP top ten. Auburn was the national champion. Mm -hmm. They're a disaster. Mm -hmm. By the way, you could see them coachless very soon. Right. They were a disaster shortly after Cam Cam Newton left. That's kind of the point.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Number two in that poll? TCU. They're the sixth best team in the Big 12 right now, at best. hmm You got a lot of Stanford, Wisconsin, LSU, Boise State, Nevada. That was just 10 years ago. hmm Half of the programs I just said won't even be bowl eligible this year. And this is something you have to wrap your head around, with where the state of college football is right now. This thought that you're going to go 12 years in a row with 10 straight wins, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Can Saban do it? Yeah, Saban's a different animal. Name me another school that's impervious to it. There's not. If the if the bottom of the Big Ten wasn't so bad, Ohio State would be in the same spot you're in. Mm-hmm. Because the first four weeks of the season, a high-level mid-major team would have given them a real legitimate run for their money. They got lucky mm-hmm. that their schedule is a joke. And they only got caught once.
1: Well, they get propped up by the fact that they have to play seven real teams, or I mean, they have to play three real teams every year. the uh, The rest of that schedule is a whole bunch of Nebraska, Northwestern, on and on, Purdue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Ohio State, yeah, gets propped up by where they are. I would say the same thing about Oklahoma. I don't think year in and year out the well, Big that, Twelve well, is really knocking be, down the door. Well, that
2: problem is going to be rectified real soon. When they wind up in the SEC. Oh, yeah. There's no more propping up of Oklahoma. <laughs> and that's kind of the full circle of this argument. Okay. When you add Oklahoma and Texas, I'm not a hundred percent sure that Alabama can keep this up. First of all, Saban's what, got four years left? At best. Somewhere in there. He's not one of those guys that I thought was going to coach until he was ninety. Mm. What happens when he leaves? Oh, Dabo takes that job. Mm-hmm. You thought that one time before. Alabama went down the same path one time before, where we know exactly who the next coach will be, and it wasn't. Who was that? Bobby Bowden. Oh, when, that was back when in the 80s. was that? I was going to say when was that? I don't remember that. Yeah, and he would have taken the job, and I can't remember who. I think that's when they hired Gene Stallings.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, good job on that one, by yeah. the way. Thanks for that. Yeah. Gave me a lot of childhood happiness.
1: I just remember when I was growing up, uh, Alabama wasn't really a thing. Like, you heard of how great Alabama when we was. Were,
2: when we were markedly younger. Then they mm-hmm. then We just so happened to grow up during a lull. Right. Alabama had been a premier pro- program forever. Mm-hmm. The, the point of what I'm trying to say is that you've got 40 programs now that have vaguely the same amount of money. You're not going to be infallible. You're not. Especially with the transfer portal. That's going to make this exponentially worse.
1: And NIL. We haven't seen that really rear its head yet.
2: And I don't disagree with you. Mm -hmm. There's just a... There's a... There's a benefit to that that actually might mitigate some of this. There are certain places that you're going to be more profitable than you would be in other places. No doubt. And they're not exactly who you would think it would be either. Mm Mm-hmm. See, I think NIL deals, that benefits a Clemson or an Alabama. Mm-hmm. Doesn't so much benefit a Miami or a USC. I don't know about that. Nobody the cares. There's a lot of businesses. Nobody cares. That. Nobody cares. The one time in the last 30 years that USC's been a premier school, mm-hmm. it's because the Lakers sucked, the Clippers sucked, the Dodgers were terrible. There was nothing out there. They were the only team in town.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now you have too much to contend with. In big cities, these college athletes are not big draws. In LA you've got LeBron and Mookie Betts mm-hmm. and Matthew Stafford and I mean you keep doing that for quite some time. Yeah. At Clemson, you have the quarterback <laughs> right. and the receiver. Right. That's the draw. And the running back. I mean you can if, do that if for they a while. One. You yeah. get to the punter before you get to anything else. Right. But even then. You're competing with so many different programs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And one of the things that got me thinking about this is, rank Auburn nationally right now. Where does that program fall in nationally right now?
1: God, I'd say they're probably top 40.
2: That's the point.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Auburn, this, this premier, it's in the top 40, and that's exactly the same number that I had. Mm-hmm. How much difference Clemson than Auburn really? Oh, I would say that there's a market difference. Between historically, them. there's not. Historically, Auburn's way better, way better, mm-hmm. not even close, better. Mm-hmm. And I've heard all this gnashing of teeth of, oh, what are we doing? How did we get here? Really? Re- that's your take for after this, the, the greatest run in your program's history right. by ten times. Mm-hmm. Is well, how did we get here? Well, because you lost. Twelve draft eligible players last year. That's how you got here. Yeah, and you can't keep doing that. No, but it, it but it's not like it's over. No, I'm not saying it's over. I'm saying you need to get really comfortable with the fact Clemson's going to be one of those teams that does this every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's not going to the good times are not just going to keep rolling. And, and I the, can give you a slew of examples of teams that would they would have thought it was going to go on forever. Right, and we'll do that
1: right after this break. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville and on YouTube. Join the stream now at youtube.com slash the sportsocracy. The
0: sportsocracy. Why are you smiling? Because I love football.
1: I'm Tank Spencer, Jeremy Greens, alongside we are in the Sportsocracy. Welcome in to the program. We're talking college football, and we are streaming on YouTube, youtube.com slash sportsocracy. You can join the conversation right now. And uh, Patrick Holt said that he believes that Dave Clausen should be the coach of the year this year. To have
2: Man, I wouldn't disagree with
1: him. To have Wake Forest as a top 15 team in the country. Is an achievement, and you're right, Patrick. It is an achievement. However, I would
2: just, I would just urge you to look at the teams that Wake Forest has played. Hey, they just played the greatest. They played the best game all year against the Army. At least it was the most fun to watch, <laughs> right? Seventy points scored in that one. You know,
1: there were 126 points scored in that one. They scored. No, I'm 70. saying, I'm saying by them. Yeah, they scored 70 points, and. I mean, it's it is an achievement. It is an achievement to have Wake Forest in the top fifteen, but they're seven and zero, and they really haven't beaten anybody. That makes you go, "Oh yeah, they're a great team."
2: Hmm. They haven't beat. They, they don't have a a high water victory, I suppose. Right. Strength of schedule speaking, it's probably not good. No,
1: I mean. I've seen two different lists. One had them at 47.
2: And here's another one that has them at 76. I mean, their best wins, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's really all that close.
1: Strength of schedule sits right around Washington, Georgia State, Army, Boston College, East Carolina.
2: We have a poll rolling right now on our YouTube feed, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what age is it socially acceptable to wear a backpack? Ooh! Um, Mark Davis wore a backpack today uh, at a press conference, basically asking for the NFL to release the Washington football <laughs> wait wait wait, team wait wait emails. Wait, yeah, the, Mark Davis, the walking is, Chucky doll. Yeah, and he was wearing a starter jacket. He actually looked like a child from about 1994. What's up, fellow teenagers? The, the How had, you doing? I mean, I mean, possibly a teenager that had been put into a. Uh, what what is that thing they uh, they take the juice out of fruit? Right, a humid or a dehumidifier. What are those things called? The thing you put fruit in and it, it turns it into like a prune. A dehydrator. Dehydrator. Yeah, that's the word. Not yeah. a dehumidifier. That's Don't not, put fruit fruit in your dehumidifier.
1: It's not a dehumidifier. No. I I love your choices here too.
2: Oh, well, it's under ten, eleven to eighteen, or it's not okay. What about college students? college students don't get to I mean, carry backpacks look I, I i mean people tell me i carry a purse all the time i i carry a i carry a lap bag a, a, a what it's what it's called it's a lap bag it's, it's a it's a briefcase with a handle on it that mm-hmm. goes over your shoulder indiana jones carried one okay go, 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 leave me alone <laughs>
1: Yeah, but he ran away from giant boulders and stuff. Yeah, and you showed
2: up in the studio today wearing a shirt with an octopus on it. Okay, so I don't need you to give me not
1: an octopus. It's Kraken. It's much much different than a Kraken. (laughs) Look, nobody's nobody's basing their uh, their fashion sense on what I wear. I didn't need you to finish that statement before. uh uh, Correct. Uh, T-shirts, jerseys, shorts, pants.
2: You are, blue, a grown blue man. Jeans. you are a grown man that wears jerseys to work. So. I do.
1: I do. I have the greatest job on the planet.
2: Well,
1: yeah, we do. So, it's fine. And you know what? Names on the door. Names on the door. You can't tell me what to wear, boss man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, anyway, we were talking about college football and the... Uh, um, the string that Clemson has been on here, with 10 wins in 10 years, and you say this is all, what, cyclical? Is that,
2: what, is that where you were going with that? My point is that you're not going to be dominant forever. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like Clemson has this, over the course of the last decade, it seems like they've forgotten the course of the last four decades before that. You're just not going to be good forever. Look at Florida State, look at Texas, look at USC. I mean, UCLA was never great, but look at the last 25 years for UCLA. Mm -hmm. There's no team that is just year in and year out fantastic unless they're coached by Nick Saban or Ohio State. And I would say Ohio State's run could very easily be coming to an end. right? Simply because Michigan is – that Michigan team's good. Mm -hmm. By the way, I cannot remember what that freshman quarterback's name is. Why he's not playing, I have no idea cade mcnamara no cade mcnamara is the upperclassman there's oh. a five-star freshman yeah, 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 yeah. that is shoe buddy mm-hmm. he every is every time he good. touches the ball i'm like good gracious that could just go to the barn <laughs> right i want to see him play against ohio state Solely because I don't want to see Ohio State beat Michigan. Mm -hmm. I want to see the carnage. I want to see everybody lose. Everybody has a loss. Now what do we do? You just want mass chaos. I want to see a two-loss team make it in Cincinnati not, just so I can look at their fans and go, told you.
1: Told you so. The
0: Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 4-1-1, folks.
1: All right, This is an update to a Just a Bit outside story we brought to you, I think it was back in the summer, when the Cleveland Guardians, formerly the Cleveland Indians, decided that they are going to ditch the Native American imagery and they are going to become the Cleveland Guardians starting next year. Well, do you remember that there was another team named the Cleveland Cleveland Guardians in that city? It was the roller derby team. The roller derby team that called themselves the Cleveland Guardians, they did for a long time, for several years, before the decision was made by the baseball team, and we do not have a resolution. Remember we were talking about what would it cost? What could the Cleveland Guardians baseball team give to the Cleveland Guardians roller derby team to make this go away? The fact that there is a, a trademark issue for the name? Well, apparently the negotiations did not go well. There has been a federal lawsuit filed that is the Cleveland Guardians Roller Derby team. Uh, it's Guardians Roller Derby v. Cleveland Guardians Baseball Company, LLC. And I, I, I it doesn't say what they want. Out of the lawsuit, other than
2: $100 billion. right,
1: Right. But what the story does say is that back in April, so April 8th, there was a trademark application made by the baseball team for the Cleveland Guardians name. Problem is, is that they did it in a way that seems very, very suspicious Now, you would think that you would file this with, like, the trademark office in Washington, D.C., or and I don't know if it works like the Federal Reserve. Like, they have trademark offices all over the country that you can just, you know, use your local one. Maybe there's an Ohio trademark office. No, they filed it in uh, the East African Island Nation of Mauritius. That's where they filed their trademark claim for the Cleveland Guardians. Knowing, I guess, that... It would be easily found that there's, a, there's, there's some kind of a, uh, a friction here that this name is already taken if they filed it in the United States. So they filed it outside of the country in Mauritius, which I had to look up how to say it because I didn't even know that existed. And then they got in contact with the Cleveland Guardians roller derby team in June and said, hey, we want this name.
2: Here's what we're willing to offer you. Is it more than what the guy that got Tom Brady's 600 mm. touchdown ball got? I'm going to say it was... We'll give you two jerseys and a Mike Evans helmet and a $1,000 to our team store. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still overpaying for that stupid name. Well, Gary Sweat, uh, the
1: owner of the roller derby team, says that he offered to sell the intellectual property and rename his own squad, but asked the baseball team to make the
2: offer. He said that offer was nominal and exceedingly low. If it was $500, you should have run the opposite direction. The lawsuit alleges that Sweat made a counteroffer, but
1: never heard back from the team. So what I have in my mind is, he said, I will sell you the intellectual property, and they said, well, you're a roller derby team that, what, 28 people know about? By the way, they own the clevelandguardians.com website. There had not been a post on it in 3 years until the day after the announcement had been made that the Cleveland baseball team was changing their name to the Guardians and then they made a big post that said, "Hey, we already own this. This is 3 years." So I, you know, I guess as the baseball team would figure they're not using this. So what's the problem? Well, he wants he wants much more. I imagine that he said, "I'll sell you the intellectual property." And the baseball team said something similar. Well, we'll give you season tickets for everybody on the team. How about that? And he went, "No, I want ten million dollars. Yeah, I want one point six million dollars. Seventy
2: billion dollars." And
1: the baseball team just went, "Delete uh, on that email or or no." Uh, The lawyers for the Cleveland Guardians roller derby team says, "Look, there wouldn't it would never be allowed for a roller derby team or a soccer team or anything to go into you know, uh, they used Chicago for example. You wouldn't allow another sports team to name yourselves the Chicago Cubs. You couldn't you know have a baseball team or a uh, soccer team in New York called the New York Yankees, and it shouldn't be any different for Major League Baseball." to be able to set up a new team and take another team's name. We will keep you updated on what the lawsuit says. I got a feeling, though, this is one of those examples where little old roller derby guy, the scrappy uh, underdog, is
2: not going to win this fight. Yeah, I don't like your chances. The more time has gone on, the more I've realized that I think Lane Kiffin and I might be the same person. Okay. Okay. Asked if he had any thoughts on the matchup in the World Series at his weekly press conference Monday, Kiffin paused and said, and I quote, I'm not just saying this so I can sound like a cool coach that's dedicated to his football program. I don't know who's playing in the World Series. As (laughs) laughter broke, Kiffin said, but I think a lot of coaches say that so they can be like, I don't leave my office. The the, The interaction here was hilarious. Because there's no way Lane Kevin didn't understand this. But the reporter told him that the it's the Braves and the Astros. The Dodgers had a chance. To which he responded, oh, it's not the finals yet. First of all, the fact you called the World Series the finals makes me laugh a lot. It is the World Series. Kevin responded, with, but that would be two teams. You told me three. Reporter said the Dodgers were eliminated by the Braves. He said, thank you. You gave me three. I was very confused. I didn't even know who was in the semis or whatever you call it. I read this entire thing, going, "Okay, so Lane Kiffin and I are more alike than I thought we were, because that's exactly what I would do if you asked me some stupid question like that in a press conference. That's exact. I would have answered the, the dumbest thing humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Who do you like in the World Series? The uh, I'll take the Los Angeles Lakers. Is that a thing? <laughs> The Seattle Kraken. I hear they're pretty good. Uh, The Las Vegas Golden Knights. Average Joe's Gymnasium. Are they in it?
1: By the way, update on a poll here. Uh, The uh, 67% of the respondents on the YouTube channel say that it is uh, okay, socially acceptable to wear a backpack between the ages of 11 and 18.
2: Yeah, so 706, which is what Mark Davis is. We're saying that that was weird. That's weird. That's absolutely weird. Apparently, Ian Ravaport took mm-hmm. great umbrage with the right. insinuation that adults can't wear backpacks. <laughs> Adam Black said, I don't care if you wear one or not. I'm just, at what age, you can't possibly look at this picture and not go, that looks weird. I don't, why are you being weird? I don't like it. At what age do you do that? Right. Adam Black says you'd think
1: that the Indians PR team would have Googled the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Well, here's the Uh, thing.
2: I can tell you as somebody that's named a couple things, including this here program, you do. uh Uh-huh. And sometimes just, okay, sometimes you make a judgment call. (laughs) Like, they haven't done anything in years. Right. By the way, they will win this suit. The, oh, no the guy doubt. that owns Cleveland, no, 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 it's not even. Oh, they've got more money mm-hmm. now. Once you let something sit dead for, but there, there's not really a time frame. But it's here's one of the those, thing: you weren't doing anything with it. You can't just nest on things. Yeah, but
1: how how do you qualify or quantify um,
2: dead? They were still playing games. Was it trademarked? The answer is no. I think I think they had a claim in. Uh, okay, you had a claim in. When mm-hmm. was it filed? Prove it. Here's the. It's very expensive to trademark things. Mm-hmm. Very expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're actively using something, then there's there are rules for that. Then somebody can't just swoop in and go, "Well, oh, you couldn't afford to trademark it, so now I can do it." Right. Now, if you don't have something trademarked and you just kind of let it die, you don't get to keep that name forever. Right. I mean they were
1: playing games under this name for years. It was just their website hadn't been updated. Well, so does that's... that really does that really matter? I mean how, how many hits could they have? Their website was probably built by Angel Fire anyway.
2: Used with an AOL.com dot com email address. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Administrator Cleveland Guardians at netzero.com. He still used the C D to
2: put the software on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days, weren't it? I think that's when you stopped learning new computer things. Me?
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. It's,
2: it's about when you went, all right, I'm good.
1: Stephen Tow says, to says, does that mean that I can go to a car lot somewhere, and if
2: the car's been sitting there long enough, I can just claim it? No, it's it's completely different. <laughs> Don't nobody be crying, tra- Stephen. Yeah, nobody trademarked a car. That's not how that works. I mean, I'll be honest with you.
1: I'm pretty sure the cars are trademarked.
2: Uh, I mean, are aren't they intellectual property? Okay. <laughs> <How>? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I know. I know I shouldn't have done it. I had to do it. You know, there are days that I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm starting to age at a weird rate. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to think I know why. Is it my fault? Yeah. Yeah. What I'm, I'm going to say you have a role. Well, There are days that I think you just walk in here and go, how can I make that vein in his forehead protrude?
1: I've said that many times. Sure that is have. that is my goal on the day. I am sure you have. Yo, you've heard me say it. You've been sitting right there when I said it.
2: <sighs> yeah. Anyway. But, hey, we will have baseball discussed on this show today. Yes, we will. We will. Got Mark
1: Lemke coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. i got to send him a text message in here just a little bit to find out exactly when I can nail him down. He's a busy guy. Uh, Especially all during over.
2: the World Series and the Braves oh, okay. are in it. Oh, yeah. We're very thankful he's uh, willing to come on this here program.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, he's 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 doing me a solid. And, uh, yeah, 1996 World Series champion Mark Lemke. We'll be joining us in the four o'clock hour to talk about the Braves and their big win over the Houston Astros in game one of the World Series last
2: night. And by the way, here's as much baseball analysis as you will ever get from me. Mm-hmm. Charlie Morton's my new favorite baseball player ever. As he should when be. When you get three outs on a broken leg, you are a bad dude. Yeah. He gets so the ball he
1: gets hit back to him, it hits his leg, it hurts. He gets two outs. Then they go into the into the dugout. He goes in the back, has an X ray, and they're like, Nah, it's it's all right. He comes back out, pitches one batter, gets that out, and then yeah, and then it broke. Is that on the X ray techs? Whoever whoever's in charge of that to be like, you should have seen that there was something wrong there. Hairline fracture, something. It's I'm not just, saying Charlie Morton's going to make impressive. a deal about it. Of course it is. It just goes to show you not all, uh, you know, not all current athletes are soft. although Charlie Morton is 50 years old, so he, maybe he does come from a little bit of a different era than many of the current baseball players. but absolutely, I mean, last night was fantastic. They got all the hits that they needed to win 6-2. to two. Game 2's tonight. You'll hear it right here on ESPN Asheville at 7 o'clock. Now, Deshaun Watson. Actually, let's hold on to this for the 4 o'clock hour. Yeah. We'll do the update on Deshaun Watson coming yeah, up uh, after we talk as baseball.
2: is as any situation I think I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: it, it, it's, it's evolving at every turn. It looks like the Carolina Panthers are out. There could be a deal in place with the Miami Dolphins, but they're just... They're just, they're just hung up on that one little they, thing. They
2: need this one that, thing to happen.
1: That one little thing is holding up the deal. And, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't quite look like it's going to go down. Tomorrow night, we got Thursday night football. we got the Green Bay Packers and the Arizona Cardinals. We haven't heard any more updates out of uh, Green Bay, so I'm hoping that the coronavirus um, spread... I guess you can call it is going to be limited to just Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, and they're not going to lose anybody else for the game. I mean, they were, like I said this morning, they're probably going to lose anyway. So, yeah, why not? I, mean, I guess it's fortune. It's it's a great fortune that this happened this week, and not against a you know, a
2: team that you should have beaten. They would have been more competitive. I just, I don't, I'm afraid tomorrow night's going to go rather sideways.
1: And I think that's fine. I honestly believe that's fine. Like I said, you're going to lose anyway. Are you going to think differently of the Green Bay Packers if they lose this game without their star wide
2: receiver and without his backup? I'm not. I think this game would have been good. Would have been competitive, and mm-hmm. Green Bay could have won this game
1: mm-hmm.
2: with no Devontae Adams. You have no shot.
1: I I agree. Now, what happens if it's close? Are you going to think? Are you going to think less
2: of the Arizona Cardinals? No, because I, I'll be honest with you. I've looked up and down the Green Bay roster trying to figure out exactly what this game plan is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Could I see somebody coming out of nowhere? Amari Rodgers has... Or it's not Amari Rodgers. Is not is that the one I'm thinking of? Amari Rodgers, yeah. He plays for them. Has some huge game. Right. Could I see that? Sure. I think it's more likely you're going to hand the ball off about 45 times. And Aaron Jones has a huge game. And A.J. Dillon's good. I mentioned to you uh, earlier
1: today that I, if it were me... If I were Matt Lafleur, I would be I, I would be splitting out Aaron Jones and as they, a wide receiver. they would do
2: that some. I just I, that's not a.
1: You put AJ Dillon in there to do the to do the dirty work and use Aaron Jones as a wide receiver, slot guy, something. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's not a that's not really a long term solution. Can you do that on some place? Sure, but I mean Aaron Jones is a good receiving running back. He's mm-hmm. not a slot receiver.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's taking one of the few pieces that you have and going, hey, you want to do something that you're not good at? Let's do that. That's a grand <laughs> idea.
1: I mean, I don't know that I would try to hit him. I would try to use him as the downfield threat.
2: Oh, but I don't see up. why that's he'll not line a one. Yeah. yeah,
1: that wouldn't be an. I mean, that that's not out of the realm of possibility. I would say it's
2: probably eight to ten, eight to ten snaps of this game. Mm-hmm. The bad thing is, I think your defense is going to get completely exposed. Because I don't like the chances of you having a lot of grinded-out drives, Mm -hmm. which is going to put your defense on the field a lot, and Arizona can absolutely take advantage of that. You think they're going to try to grind it out? Keep the defense on the field? No, I think they're just going to try to run up and down the field. See, that's what I think happens. And that's probably how that's going to go. Mm -hmm.
1: The game plan for Green Bay should be, I don't know, (laughs) I mean, just
2: ground and pound. Just try to chew clock. Hope that you can stay in it. Yeah, that's not quite going to work. When you have nothing on the outside that scares me, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Try to do that. I'll stack eight in the box. Good luck.
1: (laughs) I think you're underselling uh, Equinemius St. Brown. I'm not. (coughs) I'm not. You're not. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN. Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400 How'd
2: your green on green picks go last night? You lost two of them? Yeah, I did. By two points total. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Golden State.
1: It stinks, doesn't it? Stinks when you lose games by two points.
2: Hashtag death plus seven. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have your
1: green on green and your monkey knife fight. Plays of the night, coming up next. The coffee's for
4: closers. Home, Get on the money. Then when you get the
2: money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your
4: car. Then when you get the power, then you get the wolf.
2: One and two last night, but I may quite possibly have the easiest cinch, no doubt, money bet in the history of time for the NBA tonight. That's the last pick in this. I got three NBA picks. The first one, the Indiana Pacers are a one and a half point dog tonight at Toronto. You remember when I said Indiana wasn't a very good team? Well, they're not, but neither is Toronto. Toronto has virtually nothing. When I saw this line, I went, hey, you said Indiana minus seven and a half wrong. I think this line's like eight points off. I'm taking Indiana to not just cover this. They're going to cover it easy. Indiana plus the one and a half, I'll take them in the money line. Miami is a three and a half point dog tonight at Brooklyn. Miami is really, really, really good. And Brooklyn just looks a little bit off. With no Kyrie Irving, there's something about this offense that I just don't like. And I think a good defensive team like Miami is going to give them headaches. I'm taking Miami. There's another one I'd take in the money line. Give me Miami plus the three and a half. Finally, the Los Angeles Lakers are a four and a half point favorites tonight at Oklahoma City. I want you to think about what I just said. Oh, LeBron's not playing. That's actually a positive. That means Russell Westbrook in a revenge game, by the way. Can do what he does best. I still have Russell Westbrook. I still have Anthony Davis. And now everybody can do what it is that they want to do. This line movement's stupid. Give me the Lakers. Mine is four and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for
1: you. It's weird how that works. Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, no LeBron and Russell Westbrook and AD. Just they, they just find a way to,
2: what, they combined for like 70 last night. Yeah, the line. Has gone down six points since it came out. LeBron winning in to play, that's dumb. Yeah, that line shouldn't have moved. If anything, it should have gone up. <laughs> right? <laughs> they haven't shown that they could play together yet.
1: All three of them at the same time. I mean, we went through this with the Nets last year. Mm-hmm. It's just just weird.
2: You have kid. You ahead. have Kent Bazemore as the third instead of LeBron. Mm-hmm. Everything just works better. Badass.com, promo code SPORTSOCRACY, 125% deposit match. Play that, and play it aggressively.
1: All right, the Monkey Knife Fight Play of the Night. Daily fantasy sports props can be found at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Create your account today, use the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, and they will match your initial investment up to $50 and give you a $5 free play.
2: I am playing the more or less 3.6X multiplier between the Atlanta Hawks and the New Orleans Pelicans. With no Zion Williamson, I'm all over Brandon Ingram, so I'm more than 24.5 points for him. I don't see anybody stopping Trey Young, so I'm more than 25.5 points for him. That will turn your $20 investment and turn it into a $66 prize.
1: You're in the sportsocracy with me, Tank Spencer, him, Jeremy Green, Mark Lemke. In 1996, World Series champion with the Atlanta Braves will join us next.
0: He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Wicked Weed Brewing.
1: Now welcome into the sports Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green with you here in the Ingalls studio. As always, the second hour of the program brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. WickedweedBrewing.com. Drink different the Atlanta Braves in the World Series against the Houston Astros. Thankfully, I did not put the jinx on them. Everybody knows I'm a big Boston Red Sox fan, and I said the Red Sox and the Braves are going to face off in the World Series, and right as soon as I said it, they didn't win another game. Not one single game after I said it. Now, thankfully, the Braves were not, uh, were not KOD'd by me, but uh, joining us here on the Sportsocracy, Mark Lemke, 1996 World Series champion of the Atlanta Braves. Mark, how's it going, man?
4: Uh, good afternoon, guys. It's going great. As you could imagine, obviously, the buzz in Atlanta is crazy. Back to the World Series after, what, a 22-year hiatus? Yeah. Yeah, it's,
1: it, it definitely has been a long time. And uh, Mark and I worked together for the Atlanta Braves Radio Network back in uh, 2005. It was a fun little run. Um Unfortunately, you know, I think I was the kiss of death for the Braves that year because that was the year that the big streak of all of the uh, AL East championships came to an end. But uh, since then, it's, you know, it's it's been up and down for the Atlanta Braves. But as you said, finally, back in the World Series. W- tell us from your experience, been to the World Series with the Braves before, What what is this like for the guys right now?
4: Well, I'll tell you what, Jake. I mean, just like you said right there, Anything you do, uh, you, you make a phone call, you put your socks in. Everybody thinks, oh, did that jinx the series? Did this do it? Did I jinx the series? So right now it's an exciting time, and the guys are just, you know, they're probably being overwhelmed. It's so much more attention than just a regular season game. But there's great storylines. You mentioned that one with Boston. That would have been a great storyline. Uh, the Braves played Milwaukee this year. A lot of it, you think about Hank Aaron. Now you look at the storyline with Houston and Atlanta. you got Dusty Baker, a guy that was on deck when Hank broke Babe Ruth's record. Right. You've got Brian Snicker's son as the hitting coach for Houston. I and mean, there's so many great storylines. This is a very exciting time for both organizations, obviously, for the Atlanta Braves.
1: Well, we know that everybody is rooting for the Braves that lives outside of Houston. I mean you know the whole cheating scandal trash cans there's i've seen so many posts about uh go Braves beat the trash rows and all of that uh how much of an <laughs> affront to baseball do you think that the Houston Astros are right now
4: you know i don't my personally i don't think it like that myself but it could be I mean, they went out in the field in Fenway Park, and I believe the fans were chanting cheaters, I think.
1: Which is think interesting.
4: Yeah, interesting because the manager of the Red Sox was with that Houston team, so I, I don't really know. Um, I do remember back in my playing days when we played in Houston, and those were the, those were the days when TBS was all over the place. Houston used to have an enormous amount of Atlanta Braves fans. I mean, they would come out to the ballpark. You'd almost think it was a home game for us. So I, maybe times have changed. It's been a while, but, uh, you know, it's obviously a different place, a different stadium. But uh, I, I don't think anybody thinks about it. You, you know, when when you see a team, one way or the other, especially nowadays, get really hot and they start piling on some runs, Everybody, first thing that comes to anybody's, uh, thought is do they have the science do they know what's coming and uh, i think everybody now just always thinks that way because of that little scandal right yeah i
1: i, I still don't know what to think about it I, and part of me thinks like you know that, that there was some dust up uh you know in the last series or i guess it was the uh i guess it was the divisional series of the White Sox were saying that the Astros were still trying to steal signs and stuff. I, I can't put any stock into that because I don't think they could be that stupid.
4: I totally agree. Right. I can say this much from my experience when I first got into the game. And obviously, obviously we didn't have iPads like they all got now on the bench and technology. You always try to get an advantage, and that's why you give signs and mix them all up because you know the other team's trying to steal your signs. And if the other team does it, you tip their hat because you were, you weren't. Uh, how would we say this? Uh, secretive enough to mix up your signs or whatnot. But when you use technology to steal signs, I think that's where people say that crosses the line. Okay. Oh yeah. Now, I remember, I remember times where we always tried to pick up little indicators. Did a pitcher hold his glove here when he came to the set? Did he throw a breaking ball when he moved his hand? You, you know, when Tom Glavin and those guys threw changeups, they used to always fan their gloves. So I'll never forget Tom Glavin just started doing it on every pitch because he knew hitters would see that. And so it was giving away his change-ups. So to, to counter it, he just did it on every pitch. I mean, they never knew. Yeah. So it's always been part of the game. Using technology is where they really crossed the line in my opinion.
1: I would agree. Uh, you know, you the, you can go to, you can go a step too far. And anyway, that to me it's in the past. I, I I'm over it. As a baseball fan, I I'm, I'm just <laughs> completely over it and I'm and I'm trying to enjoy this for what it is. The, the, to me, I get it that the the players are still the same. For the Houston Astros, and a lot of people are mad that they didn't get any punishment from the whole cheating scandal, but at this point, I think again this is this is still a super talented group of guys that have now proven that they can get here without cheating and so I would like for us to put this all to rest because you know the Atlanta Braves, I hope are gonna. Are going to be able to put them in their place and get another World Series championship here, as I know that you hope they do as well. Last night, let's talk about last night's game. The Braves win six to two. The bats showed up. Uh, Eddie Rosario, he's 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 getting close to he's he's getting close to you on the uh, on the hit streak here.
4: Uh, I think he's, he's already surpassed me. He, he's gone a little above and beyond that. He's into Javi Lopez type territory where he's not only having a good postseason, he's hitting home runs, driving at runs, hitting Mm -hmm. clutch hits. Uh, He's been incredible. And, you know, he's a guy, even to myself, not really that well-known. And I pull up his stats. I knew he was with Minnesota prior to going to Cleveland and then came over to Atlanta Braves while he was injured. But I looked at those numbers in Minnesota, and I said to myself, this guy's not a fluke. This is not a fluke. He may not be well-known because he was playing up there in Minnesota, but this guy's a really good player.
1: Oh, absolutely. And he's up to an 11-game hit streak in the Braves postseason here. Uh, only two guys sit in front of him. Uh, Marquise Grissom, he's got the uh, the longest hit streak in the postseason, 95-96, 15 straight games with a hit. And in 1996, Mark Lemke with 13 Game hit streak in the postseason. So, uh, you know. Uh, I I didn't know that. that. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. He's creeping up on you for number two on the list. And I know, you, I, I know, in your heart of hearts, that you hope he, uh, he hope he, you hope he surpasses you as he can uh, help lead these guys. But I mean, he's one of the guys that they picked up at midseason. You know, somebody mentioned in the uh, comment, Stephen Tao mentioned in our uh, comment thread here on YouTube that uh, you know it's a shame that Ronald Acuna couldn't be around for this. I buried him. I thought when Acuna got hurt. It was over. There was no hope for the Atlanta Braves. And then they go out and they get Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler and uh picked up Jock Peterson as well. Snicker has done Adam a Duvall. great job. Yeah. He's done it yeah, Adam Duvall as well. He's done a great job with this team and it's just it's just been next man up.
4: It's been incredible because I'm I'm with you. And you can write a team off not because you're disappointed in the team or you think they they didn't play well. You just say to yourself, you lose Mike Soroka, Ozuna, Acuna. Hey, most teams don't survive that. We all know that. You can try to replace them, but there's no replacing a Ronald Acuna. There's no replacing a Mike Soroka. You can make some, try to patch up some wounds. But these guys that Alex Anthopoulos had brought in has been incredible. Every single one of them has done their part. And then you look at what they traded to get. Eddie Rosario, they traded Pablo Sandoval. And you look at all right the whole mixture of Pablo Sandoval, maybe not great numbers, but early in the season, he won like three or four games. From.
0: Oh, yeah, he was everybody, popping it.
4: Everybody played a part. It's amazing. It
1: is amazing. And further uh, down the amazing trail was last night, Charlie Morton breaking his leg and still being able to pitch three batters. And then, of course, the pain got too much that it finally, the, the leg finally did break um, from the fracture or whatever as he got that uh, that comebacker to the mound from Gabrielle. Talk about the grid in that. I mean, that that is old school baseball.
4: Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't think I've seen anything quite like that. Reminds you a little bit of the bloody sack of Kirk Schilling. But uh, Charlie Morton is... is been outstanding. He might have been around. Was he around during that 2005 season? He might have been with the Braves. I'm so happy for him to come back and enjoy this moment with the Atlanta Braves. And hopefully, you know, the team brings home a championship. He'll not, he will not be able to participate. And I just saw somewhere where they, they did replace him on the roster. I did not see who was going to replace
1: him. Yeah. With, uh, Tyler Davidson, I think, was, oh, okay, yeah, or Taylor Davidson. Some, some I didn't. Like that.
4: Yeah, I didn't. Tucker, see it. I Tucker, David.
1: I knew it was a T name. Tucker Davidson is who Tucker. has replaced him on the on the roster.
4: Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I love Charlie. He's been uh, a great pitcher for a long time, and, and but it's sad to see that his World Series and season is over. Right. As a first game, after a few innings, basically.
1: Right. I love the story too. That uh, apparently in the locker room after the game, he was apologizing to everybody, like it was. Like it was somehow his fault that he wasn't able to get out of the way of the ball or anything like that. I mean, did you play with players that were like that, that were just uh, apologetic for things that were out of their control, but they f- still felt like they let the team down?
4: Yeah, I, I don't know quite like Charlie. Charlie is one of the greatest guys I've ever played with, yes. Yeah, but i played with guys like that, you know, and you would look at him and say, It's not your fault. And they're looking at you like, I shouldn't have gotten hurt at this time. I said, well, you you really don't have any control over that. It's like Ronald Acuna. You know, you you do your ACL, or, or Chipper Jones did it in his rookie year, basically his first year before his rookie season. You know, he's innocently running down the first baseline, doesn't even get hit, and that knee pops, and he's out for the year. And, you know. Sure it hurts a team, but it's not, <laughs> nothing nothing that was his fault
1: right tonight they got game two going uh a j mentor or excuse me a j mentor got the win uh last night tonight you got um you got freed on the mound he's been he's been pretty solid are you expecting I love freed yeah are you are you expecting him to just uh just i mean i guess keep bringing the fire?
4: Yeah, he had such a good streak. Uh, I want to say maybe the 1st of August through the rest of the season where he was just lights out. Then he had a couple of hiccups there, which you, you can expect. Uh, I don't think it's any indication of where we're at right now. I think I think he's the perfect guy on the mound for the Braves because down the stretch he was really the ace of the team, I guess mm-hmm. me.
1: He was that, uh, and unfortunately uh, gave up, you know, five runs in the in the in the in one of the losses to the Dodgers. That was the last time he was out there. But uh, you know, there's there, there's always that stick of like, I, I you know, I got to get back out there. I got to make up for that loss. Just hope that uh, hope that they don't catch him early with the well, loss.
4: Yeah, you know, anybody can give up five runs to the Dodgers, right. and then when you're in a World Series, when you're down to the final two teams. I don't think there's any lineup or any pitching staff that you would say, oh, this is a day off. It's a day at the beat. No, of course, these are the two best teams in baseball. Right? It's going to be hard. You've got a tough lineup there for Houston. When I see a guy like Gurriel, who was a batting champion, batting seventh in the lineup for Houston, I don't need to look any further. That tells me everything I need to know.
1: Right, you know that you know they've got the bats to hurt you, regardless of who's going to be on the mound. Uh, And let's talk about that for a little for a second here before we let you go. Of obviously with the with the injury to Charlie Morton, now what does this do to Snickers' strategy of later in the later in the series? Are we going to have to start putting together bullpen games here? Are we going to see him? You think he'll move? uh, You know, Tyler Matzik to start a game.
4: Well, I think it's a different uh, era, obviously, than when I played. I mean, the starting pitching was, you know, the premium. Uh, you know, if you lost a starting pitcher, you, you might write yourself off. You might be able to do it with two, three guys. And we saw that with Arizona, how they rolled through the postseason with Randy Johnson, remember back in the day, and Kirk Schilling. And they had to have one more win out of another guy. In today's game, I think I saw a stat right now where the relievers might be throwing more in than the certain pitchers are i've never seen certain pitchers pulled so early in games like like they have been now, but it's because everybody has a stacked bullpen That was never the case before either. And you've got guys coming in from the bullpen that uh, you know can really pick you up versus you know, back in the day, you had a couple of good relievers. You tried to get to those couple of guys at the back of the bullpen and your starting pitcher was the guy that tried to do it for you. Tried to go them seven, six, seven and Tommy Glevin won eight in is in our win in 90, 1995. I don't, I don't, that's the only difference I see now. The bullpen is so much more important than it was before.
1: Now right, Joining us again on the program here, 1996 World Series champion with the Atlanta Braves, Mark Lemke. It's uh, great to touch base with you again, Lemmer. And uh, you, you, uh, Are you into the prediction game? Do you want to give us a prediction on how you think this is going to end up?
4: Well, I did it before. I predicted Braves winning 4-2. to two. I sent messages to the guys, you'll be picking up your, your rings, uh, uh, radio guys. Hopefully they get rings. Right. But I said, I said next Tuesday in, in Houston. But you win tonight, you may not, You might not have to make that trip back to Houston. But I said, even if you do, it'll be worth it, trust me. That flight back to Atlanta will be awesome.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, I can only imagine the scene there at Truist Park uh, for the World Series game. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I go every year for the Red Sox series, this down there, and it's it's always rocking, but I can only imagine what it's going to be like on World Series night.
4: Oh, what, what a setup they got now. I, they got a great setup. I played up there in Boston. You know, I love Fenway Park. Right. The the energy that flows through Fenway Park without the atmosphere that they have over here at Truist Park is incredible. You walk into Fenway Park and it's nothing but pure energy and baseball. That's all it is right there at Fenway Park. But right. uh, boy, the the Atlanta Braves got a great setup. I got Freddie Freeman as the MVP of this series. Hopefully, it happens. Love my guy, Freddie Freeman.
1: Yeah, he is uh, definitely heart and soul of this team, and uh, he's he's one of the reasons that I'm pulling for the Braves to win here. I'd love to see him be able to get a ring here, and uh, and again, I think everybody is just kind of upset that Ronald Acuna can't be a part of it on the field, but uh, you know he's still hanging around the team. He's still got he's still bringing that energy for his teammates as well. Uh, it, it's a fun group that they got. And Limer, we will uh, we'll touch base with you maybe later on in the series.
4: All right. Sounds good. And say hello to all the brave fans up in Asheville, North Carolina.
1: Absolutely. All right. Uh, Mark Lemke, 1996 World Series champion. Thank you again, brother, for taking the time out with us. You are in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN, Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400 everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And of course, streamed live on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Sportsocracy. What's going on with Deshaun Watson? We'll give you the latest up next. Hello, everybody. This is good old J.R. Jim Ross, WWE Hall of Famer. Boy, these boys are smart.
4: You talk about goofy in a pet coon. Let me tell you something. This show is a legitimate slobber knocker.
1: It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400 The Sports Tank with Sports Ocracy. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. The Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. And, of course, streaming on YouTube. YouTube.com slash TheSportsocracy. Find us on all the social medias. Uh, We are readily available for you. And uh, join the comment section here. Adam Black talking about uh, Tyler Matzik. He says he saw Tyler Matzik play his first professional baseball game here in Asheville. Yeah, when he was with the Asheville Tourists, he was a draft pick of the Colorado Rockies and bounced around. It didn't didn't do a whole lot. I mean, he was lighting it up at Single A and then finally has found his way and now making a a real impact for the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. It's wild how a guy's uh, a guy's career trage- trajectory can go. But you know, it's one of the joys I think of of being in a market like this, like being in Asheville, you get to see a lot of firsts. It may not be the uh, the greatest and most exciting things, but like I saw Shaquille O'Neal's first NBA game. I mean, it was a preseason game against the Charlotte Hornets here at the Asheville Civic Center. Now the Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville. We got to see that. I think LeBron played his first professional game here in a in a exhibition as well. So yeah, you get to, you get to see a lot of cool stuff being here in Asheville. Anyhow, Deshaun Watson, not going to be a Carolina Panther.
2: Nope. Yeah, and it was right after you said, if Deshaun Watson is traded, he will be traded as a Carolina Panther. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Well, Yeah, I, 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 I KOD'd that, so sorry, Panther fans. I mean, hey, at least it's something that you don't have to deal with. Because, I mean, it's going to be a headache for whoever ends up being there. Whatever franchise lands him, it's going to be a problem F- for a little while. I mean, winning erases a lot of that, but the Carolina Panthers report came out, yes, not long after I said it this morning, that if there was going to be a deal before the trade deadline, the Panthers were the only team that made sense, and, and then they said, yeah, we're
2: not we're not interested. Well, the rumor is that it, they never said they weren't interested. Deshaun Watson told him, I'm not interested in you.
3: Oh, okay.
2: That he actually turned down a deal to Carolina it's It's seeming more and more like he's just trying to get himself to Miami because all the eliminating other out, every other option yeah. all, the, all the reports came out that oh he would accept a trade he's just trying to get out of Houston. Well, everything I've been told it got down the road a ways with Carolina, mm-hmm. and then he threw the brakes on it of no, I don't want to do that, so he's trying to get to Miami now the question yeah. is and this is the really the summation. All right, we got six days. We got six days until this comes to a head.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Is there a point where the Miami Dolphins can feel okay with what they give up, knowing they're bidding against themselves, and the Houston Texans can feel like they get enough to eat the dead cap hit, deal with losing their franchise quarterback, and move on from this? That's really the only question left. Yeah. Well, they they were going to lose him anyway. Yeah, but you can't lose him for nothing. You can control him forever. No doubt. With the long-term deal, you have control of this situation. The question is who will blink first. Well, you ha- I mean, you have questions on both sides of this. The, the Houston Texans, they have they have issues as well.
1: Because, I mean, what what if this does turn criminal? What if this does turn into something and all of these 22 accusers Turn out to be actual criminal charges, and then you know he ends up having prison time and all that kind of stuff. I, I get it; it could be far fetched and may not be in the realm of possibility. But it—I mean—it could
2: go that way. It hasn't really been entertained up into this right. point, right? So I can't tell you why. Again, right. not a lawyer,
1: right? But what I'm— but what I'm saying is there— there is a level of risk on their part too. If we don't make a deal now, it may not be palatable to another franchise to make a deal later if
2: we let this play out. And that is one reason why I think this gets done. Mm -hmm. There is another reason that I think this gets done that we'll talk about after we get weird.
0: On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville.
1: Tonight, we always like to use the phrase... Don't do crimes. Don't do crimes. That's right. Don't do crimes. In Kentucky, the owner of Hillview Stables in Laurel County is very, very upset and they are making a plea to the community. As on Sunday night, someone around closing time of the Hillview Stables stole one of their animals. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a horse. It wasn't a goat. It was a normal thing that you would expect at a place called Hillview Stables. Somebody stole a baby kangaroo. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's probably going to be noticed by someone.
2: I mean, I, I would think no matter what the animal is, that it would be noticed. I mean, hey,
1: did y'all see Jeffrey? He got a he got a new cat or something. That thing's weird looking though. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't What's know. That? I don't know what that thing is, but it's it's kind of cool. That's a new voice. I never heard you do that one before. <laughs> I
1: feel like you know they're 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 making the plea to the community. Anybody give us tips? Because you know, obviously, the kangaroo is a very rare animal in the state of Kentucky, bluegrass state, Not really known for their kangaroos, and apparently, the baby kangaroo who's not even a year old is one of the uh, favorite stops for visitors to the Hillview Stables, and they say that everybody. Everybody loves coming here to see little Z Donk. Yeah, that's its name. They named it Z Donk. Not sure why. That's a, just, that's an interesting. Name. I mean, it's a it's Kentucky. What do you expect? But uh, he's you know little 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 ten pounds little ten pounds kangaroo. Somebody just I guess shoved him under their shirt and took off with him. Hmm. They're making the plea though. They want ever. They want everybody to. To go out and look for Zedonk and let us know. You know, they say there's a reward out, 500 bucks. And you point us to who took Donk, it's 500 bucks in your pocket. I feel like your kangaroo might be worth a little bit more than that. I don't know. I don't know what the going rate is for kangaroos.
2: I don't either. I've never tried to buy one. I'll call Joe Exotic. He's back in the news. Joe, the- a uh, Tiger King 2. It's happening. It's happening. I saw the trailer today. Although I feel
1: like there there might be other crimes involved in this story because the guy said, if you return the kangaroo, 500 bucks. Or you lead us to the kangaroo, 500 bucks. If you bring in the guy who stole the kangaroo, 1,000 bucks.
2: <laughs> that sounds like hillbilly justice. <laughs> That You bring me Who Stole My Kangaroo, you bring I'll give you a thousand bucks. You bring him here, and don't ask any questions. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, a New York art collective announced it will be selling a thousand Andy Warhol sketches. Okay. For $250 a piece. Okay. That sounds like a great deal, doesn't it? Yeah. You'd think that you're really getting quite the bargain. Yeah. Well, there's only one problem. Uh 999 of them are elaborate forgeries. The Brooklyn-based MSCHF Collective announced its Museum of Forgeries project involves a single Andy Warhol sketch titled and 999 copies made by a machine with an artificially aged paper to match the original. Mm-hmm. The real artwork was randomly mixed in with the forgeries, so one buyer of a $250 sketch will receive the real deal. Now, I thought this was one of the dumbest things I had ever heard until I found out how much it was worth. The original is worth $20,000. Okay. So the reason that they're doing this is that they're trying to make it clear that great pieces of art and things like that are not just available to the elite. Mm-hmm. So they're basically, this is basically a lottery. They're not wanting to call it that. They're adamantly trying to stay away from that. That's a, that's exactly, exactly what, what it's, it is. That's, I mean, you call it whatever you want to. You can call the 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 Arby's Rib Sandwich a McRib. It's not. It's <laughs> not. It's not. Mm-hmm. We will be doing a taste test comparison of those two tomorrow. By the way, I haven't had it yet, so I don't know. I don't know. You know what I know? You know what I know? It's not McRib. McRib.
1: Mm-hmm. He loves his McRibs. So good.
2: If you're on the YouTube stream, sound, uh, the video okay. of our first McRib will be available at five o'clock today, right after the show. <laughs> okay. I thought this was a cool idea, though. It is. After, after I found out why that you is would a do this, that's pretty cool idea uh it's a that that's a cool idea that you've got this very expensive piece of art that mm-hmm. you can potentially have for 250 dollars now here's what i don't know do you know which one do you know if you have the real one like do they tell you hey you got the real one or do you have to have it appraised i mean eventually they will i'm sure w- once
1: all of the once all of the 250 dollar Raffles or lotteries and tickets or whatever. Once they're all done, I'm sure they will tell the
2: real owner. See, to me, it would be better if they just never told you. Well, they will only tell the, the real owner. Well, but see, then then you know. If you didn't get told, then you know. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Yes. Have them appraised and then destroy it. Ah, now hmm. you will never know. Okay. See, to me, that would be.
1: Are you, I mean, do you appreciate art? Are you, are you,
2: what do you mean, appreciate it?
1: Uh, okay, let me put it this way you buy art and put it in your house
2: if you had the money. I, I did, I did it earlier today. You went and picked it up. It was a McRib, it was a, it was a if little That's cardboard not art. Bags. Stop that. A, you it, know what it I, had I mean. A white receipt tape on top of it that said extra pickles and extra onions. Right. You know what I mean. No, I mean, I'm not an art dealer. I'm not. No. I, I, now, funny enough, my first business partner was an art dealer. This is a, a, a hand to God. True story. Interesting. I did a run. To, he was from Florida, but he had lived here. Mm-hmm. I took a storage unit worth of art down to Florida for him. Somehow, in transit, the tail off a horse that looked very much like Chandler and Joey's horse from Friends. You remember the 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 the, the dog? They yeah. called it a dog. Yeah, it was, it was, a, was dog. a horse. It was a. Dog. It was a horse. That was a horse. That was okay. a giant was,
1: greyhound, and you
2: know it. Yeah, it was a. It was a horse. This thing looked exactly <laughs> like it. Well, apparently it got dinged, and he uh-huh. just said, you can have it. Oh. I said, okay. how much is that worth? He went about forty grand. I went, oh. Oh, well, looks even, like, even with the chip in it? Uh, I, I don't know.
1: And you, I don't know that and, so. you, and you sold it? I'm not at liberty to discuss. He sold it. I, he did exactly. I, he You did exactly what I would have done and sold that thing. I'm not at liberty to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Tao in the comments on the YouTube stream says, uh, the, so, the, so the sketch. It, so, is the original sketch worth more than twenty-five grand? And just buy all the other ones, and then you'll have it.
2: The originals worth twenty grand. They'll uh, be selling it, all of the tickets together so be worth five,
1: twenty-five. Grand. Yeah, so you'd be yeah you'd be five thousand. I mean, if you really
2: hole. wanted it, then yeah, you could just yeah. buy them all. And hey, I beat your stupid little game.
1: Yeah, I've got an original Warhol.
2: and if you wanted to do crimes of which. Okay. Don't do crimes. Do yeah. You could buy all of them and then ask which one's the original, and you could sell all the rest of them for $250. <laughs> and then, yeah. Like, I'm not saying. That, no, hold your own raffle at that point for 300 Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I learned some stuff when I was a kid, but <clears throat> I might learn some stuff when I was a kid. Right, right. It, I
1: mean, it's it's just, to me, it's funny, the things that people collect. Like, some people are into art. They collect art. You know, Steven says he's into old movie posters, which is cool. Like original run movie posters. That's that. Uh, that's a cool thing to have. You know, some others are into. You know, baseball cards and stuff yeah, like well, that. Well, there are certain
2: things that people collect that I just don't understand. I've never understood coin collections. Like why? Oh, this is a this is a nineteen eighty four quarter. <laughs> it's worth. Twenty nine cents. You playing the long game here? right? I don't
0: know, man. Some of those, some
1: of those coins are worth a whole I, lot of I don't money. Get
2: that and stamps. I've never understood. Oh, stamps, stamps are stupid. I do not. Get, I don't understand. <laughs>
1: I'm that. sorry. Stamps are stupid. That's 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 one that I just can't get behind. Oh, it's seen. art too. No, it's not. They were printed by the billions.
2: Elvis stamps. Like my dad had Elvis stamps. He was collecting all those commemorative, you know. Well, here's what I'll tell you. If you had bought, uh, and I'm pretty sure this is crimes. We have several people that work for the post office that listen for us. They can, at Jay Green ESPN on Twitter. Oh, no. If you had bought forever stamps like 10 years ago, you could be running quite a hustle right now. Because they are drastically more expensive than when I left the post office. <laughs> okay. The price I had to is- buy stamps the other day. Again? I feel like you did this not too long ago, yeah, and you're that. like, I, I, I bought a bunch of stamps just in case the next time I need stamps. And then, so what, you lost the stamps, and now you had to buy more? I bought 20 last time, and I used one, and... Well, I moved. Yeah, and I, you no, lost Austin. Yeah. Uh, can you not just sell me one? <laughs> so Jeremy's
1: going $20 average for one stamp. Can you not
2: just sell me one? This is I what's need.
1: keeping the U.S. Postal Service afloat right now is that people keep losing their stamp
2: books and have to buy $20 a piece. I need, uh, how much for a stamp? I will pay you a quarter more for that right, one. right. To not get 19 more.
1: It says forever on it. Uh How much is forever? Like, what's that worth to you? 35 cents? 50 cents?
2: Well, based on my marriage record, forever doesn't mean a whole lot to me. <laughs> uh, you know, okay, That's okay. the winner. That's the okay. winning comment of the Just week. Sometimes, you know. Yep. I, I felt like I should do it before you did. I mean, I wished I'd have thought of it, yeah. but I didn't. That's what happens when you get heckled enough times, you become pretty quick-witted.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good.
1: Self-deprecating humor is always it's, fun. It's
2: actually what we're built on here. It's it's, it's, it's really what one of the walls in the studio is built pretty on. True. Self-deprecating humor. <laughs> All right,
1: so apparently Stephen Ross has already signed off on a deal here.
2: Oh, the, the trade compensation is done.
1: Yeah, they've already agreed to the compensation for Deshaun Watson the Miami Dolphins know what they are going to give up or what they're willing to give up for Deshaun Watson. There's one little bugaboo.
2: They want all of the cases to be solved or and, and resolved. And that's that's beautiful. I mean, I would like
1: to, you know, be able to do a lot of things in my life that I probably shouldn't say on this radio show, but I can't. And guess what, Dolphins, you can't have it your way either. This ain't Burger King. I feel like there's a lot of people involved that need to do a lot of heavy lifting in the next six days to make this happen before the trade deadline. And
2: it's going to, and I'll tell you why. You think so? Because uh, Tua to talked about Lois' quote today. What do you he say? was asked about the the Deshaun Watson thing. Okay. The first words out of his mouth. Uh-huh. I don't feel wanted. That's a problem. Oh, that it's is a, a problem. It's a problem when you're starting. Now, granted, then he defended Chris Greer and said, oh, I really feel like they want me to be the quarterback of this team. That's not what you said. What you said was, I do not feel wanted. And that makes he's me feel. About, I think he's talking about the fan base. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't care what he's talking about. Okay. Because that kind of negativity. There's just so many things happening with the Dolphins right now. The Dolphins are. <laughs> this is kind of funny for me. Mm-hmm. So, before the season, I compared the Chicago Bears to the Miami Dolphins. Yep. Now I feel like the Miami Dolphins are headed right down the path of doing the exact same thing that the Chicago Bears are doing. You're going to embolden a GM and a front office that you don't have. I mean, they got one foot in the grave, one foot on a banana peel. Right. So, you're going to entrust them to give up all these draft picks to bring in the franchise quarterback, and then you're going to fire them? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But you've backed yourself into this corner. Mm-hmm. This is the, the These Dolphin-Texan negotiations, this should be a life lesson for many people. Loose lips sink ships. And somewhere in this, there has been a very loose set of lips mm-hmm. that likes to talk a lot. Because everything that's happened in these negotiations have been just out here for us all to consume. And whether it's the Texans or the Dolphins, I don't know. Right. The Jared Goff thing happened, nobody knew. There was no heads up that it was coming. It just broke on ESPN one day like, well, I did not see that coming. Yeah, but that wasn't a long-term thing, though, Two was weeks. it? Two It weeks. was a two-week Two week thing? Two weeks. Okay. Nobody got the first wind of it. Right. Matthew Stafford flew to L.A. and had dinner with Sean McVay, and nobody saw it. Every time there's been a text message sent between Houston and Miami, it's been posted on Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> that tells me one of you has a, a quite a leaky front office. Mm-hmm.
1: But then that you know that puts Miami in a uh, in a real spot here.
2: Well, they're in a spot. We're we're officially here. Mm-hmm. He has made it very clear. I don't want to go anywhere else. You, and you sat style. around and let your fan base get excited about this or not or whatever whatever it is. So now you're going to have to do something, mm-hmm. which is why I do think this deal gets done in the next six days. Yeah, I
1: don't know if you can if you can reach that point. I mean, if they say they're out and they want all of this resolved, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that that can happen. I mean, you following the other side of this with. You know the 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 lawyers for the the accusers and stuff. They they've stood by and said there will be no settlement. That they don't want a settlement. I mean, maybe that's all just palaber and you know, money wins out in the end. Who knows? It's going to be real interesting to watch over the next uh, next couple of days. We got six days before the trade deadline. November the second is the day that everything's got to happen by. And if that if it doesn't happen by then, then Houston Texans are stuck. They got no way to move Deshaun Watson until all of this blows over. And the Miami Dolphins are stuck with a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback who doesn't believe that he has the faith and the backing of not only the Miami Dolphins faithful, but the front office as well. I mean, Stephen Ross has already signed off on it, so the owner has already said, you're not our choice. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. It's time for something to chew on with Caleb Pickett. We go to the bottom of the ninth inning. Will Smith will try to close it out. Braves leading six to two. One, one, out two they goes. Brown ball out to Ozzy. Boots it, picks it up, throws to first base. And deep in the heart of Texas, the Braves have taken game one. They are three wins away from a World Series championship.
0: I'm not celebrating yet. This is Chew On That, brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. I'm Caleb Peek, and I'm not celebrating because the job is far from finished. I know I've been talking a lot of baseball lately on this part of the show. Three out of the last four weeks, actually. But you'll just have to forgive me. As we speak, the neutral, objective baseball analyst within me is clashing hard with the deep-seated fanaticism I hold for my Atlanta Braves, who have finally returned to the World Series after 22 long years. They've been in the Fall Classic a total of four times over the course of my life so far, but this is the first time I've been old enough to remember it. But I've got to say, I've noticed a trend when it comes to the fandom surrounding Major League Baseball. Braves fans seem to be the only baseball lovers who don't have to explain why they're Braves fans. Growing up in western North Carolina, one of my closest friends in school pulled for the New York Yankees. And he caught incessant grief over it, including from yours truly. Why, I would ask him, are you on the Yankees bandwagon? I came to find out that, surprise, surprise, he wasn't actually a fan of the Yankees. He was just a fan of the brand. When things were going well in the Bronx, the Yankees hat would be on. When the Yankees weren't doing so hot, that iconic New York logo baseball cap would vanish. Now, that's not to say all Yankees fans are bandwagoners. I'm sure you've got your reasons for pulling for the pinstripes. But for Atlanta Braves Nation, it's a little different. Let me explain. It may be true that the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and even the Braves to a certain extent, they've all got a national following to some degree or another. You can find fans of these teams in any state in the union, and even overseas. But when I say Braves country, what comes to mind? You may own a Braves jersey, and you may, in fact, be rooting for the Bravos to beat Houston over the next 10 days. But that doesn't necessarily make you part of Braves country. Don't get me wrong, we're all-inclusive. We welcome any well-meaning newcomers to the party at Truist Field. But to be a true resident of Braves country, it's got to be something you're born with. See, Braves country covers a little more territory than just greater Atlanta. It stretches far beyond the northern Georgia corners of Dillon and Dalton, and it supersedes the southern pass-through of Valdosta. No, Braves country is the only true catch-all in a region that's normally bitterly divided over our college football preferences. Have you noticed the conversation around a couple of key guys in the Atlanta club, Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson? Both are born and bred members of Braves country, with Riley hailing from South Avon, Mississippi, and Swanson, the number one pick by the Diamondbacks in 2015, living the majority of his young life in Kennesaw, Georgia. Which two jerseys, with the exception of Freddie Freeman, are you most likely to see in the stands when the World Series goes back to Hotlanta for Game 3? Yep, Riley and Swanson. It also doesn't hurt that Dansby's a 27-home run hitter as a shortstop, and Riley's bat work in the offseason with the one and only Chipper Jones has turned him into an absolute force. But just listen to Austin Riley giving any kind of interview. He oozes Southern culture. He drips Mississippi. That's the thing that's so endearing about Austin Riley, even more so than Dansby Swanson. He sounds like most Braves fans. He acts like most Braves fans. He keeps a low profile and shows a work ethic that speaks for itself. Just like most blue-collar, red-blooded Braves fans. And both of those guys, not to mention Brian Sticker, with 44 years of service to the Atlanta organization, are well aware of how much another Commissioner's Trophy would mean to Braves country. I'll tell you how much a Braves World Series title would mean to me. It would be the closure I never got. Throughout my childhood, I would spend days upon days at a time with my grandmother while the rest of my family went about their lives. And during the summer months, the Atlanta Braves were always on whenever they were playing. My grandma didn't get excited for very much in her life, but when they were on TV, both of us would just sit there, locked into the action. Come on, boys, she would say over and over again. It got to the point that I was convinced Javi Lopez, Eddie Perez, Greg Maddox, Chipper, Andrew and company could actually hear her through the television because they always seemed to respond when Granny asked them to. We lost my grandmother in 2011 when I was a junior in high school. We all knew it was coming, but one day she was sitting at home in her recliner watching another regular season of baseball draw to a close. The next, she was receiving hospice, and not long at all after that, she was gone. She was able to watch the Braves win 11 divisional titles in a row, five pennants, and the whole thing back in 95. But I never got to celebrate a World Series win with her. I know there's nothing I could have possibly done about that, but it's something that's always bothered me a little bit, especially since I was never able to give her a proper goodbye. That's my Atlanta Braves story, and there are at least a million others just like it. But if you ever wonder why Braves fans take their team so seriously every single year... Just remember that for us, it goes deeper than just geography. And after last night, we're beginning to smell blood. I'm Caleb Peake. The Sportsocracy. Why are you
3: smiling? Because I love football.
1: Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green, welcome back into the Sportsocracy, not only here on the radio, but also on YouTube. Now we encourage everybody to uh, hop on over to the YouTube stream, get involved in the comments section. That's the uh, best way to have uh, instant contact with
2: the program here. Um, we, to, we, we have a sweet little, uh, what do they call it, Easter egg? Is that the yeah. thing that they put in mo- the, the yeah. End of movies? Yeah, yeah, we got one of those tomorrow. Oh, okay. I, I will give, right. I, I give no things. Yeah. But, but he won't even
1: give clues to me, and nope, I'm the host of the show. Nope,
2: yep, see, I don't do that. No, <laughs> that's the that's the beauty of my little control room over here, is that I don't have to tell anybody anything. I just, do, <laughs> he just, I just gets do to do things. It.
1: He just gets to do it. Uh, we Well, we found out that it's not just Devontae Adams and not just Alan Lazard. Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator for the Packers, not going to be able to make the trip to Arizona because of the coronavirus protocols.
2: Also, no T.J. Watt, or uh, not T.J., no, J.J. No, J. 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 Watt. J.J. J. Watt, yep. So, basically, Thursday night football will be brought to you by Wish. Uh, (laughs) Yes, it will be the Arizona Cardinals and the Green
1: Bay Packers. uh, Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. I I do love this story. Uh, So, apparently, your Jets made a trade, so Mike White doesn't have to start any games anymore.
2: Uh, Yeah, he does. He's starting this Sunday.
1: Yeah, because Joe Flacco is not joining the team until Friday? Joe Falco. He
2: was meant to be a backup. Here's the thing. We gave up a sixth-round pick for a player that I think you could have replicated on uh, in any waiver claim you made. Thanks, Joe Douglas. Mm. Man, I'm excited to see Joe Flacco. <laughs> he uh, has not joined the team
1: yet. We'll join the team on Friday, but we'll be inactive for week eight. So you're going to have Mike White again starting at quarterback. And
2: Josh Johnson. I don't care oh, if we're wow. a 30-point dog take it, because we play the Cincinnati Bengals, who were uh, much higher in our power rankings this morning than one would think. If you'd like to see that, go to youtube.com backslash sportsocracy, and you can see all of our team rankings Mm -hmm. for Week 8 in the NFL.
1: And join us tomorrow morning in the Sportsocracy at 10 a.m. It's Threadbare Thursday. Uh, that's where we answer all your questions, talk about what you want to talk about on a Thursday. Plus, we'll have the latest uh, news and views. We'll have, you know, uh, 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 Jeremy will let me mention that the Braves won or lost. Last night, and yeah. that's about the best baseball coverage yeah, you get. Get
2: Mark Limke He was fantastic. He Mark was. Mark was great.
1: Yeah, thank you again to Mark for taking the time out for us. We will be catching up with him later on in the series as this goes back to uh, Atlanta after these uh, first two games in Houston. That coming up tonight, Game 2, right here on ESPN Asheville at 7 o'clock. Until tomorrow morning, be good.